0: Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We hope that you'll be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Good morning. morning. God bless you all in the name of Jesus. We thank God for the gift of life and we bless God for good health So happy to see that all of you, you are healthy and you are blessed. May the Lord bless this day and bless this moment of teaching. Amen. Uh, I truly believe uh, from the depth of my heart that God is busy doing something in the body of Christ that will provoke a shift. Amen that will provoke the rising of a new generation, that will bring revival in our cities, in our families, workplaces, streets, schools, communities. I believe that God is doing that. Amen? And God is, is preparing our hearts. He's preparing you and me. And I truly believe that you and me also we are called and chosen to be part of that new move of God. Amen. Amen. Even our spiritual family is part of that new move of God. God wants us to rise up and God is going to, to release us like arrows. Like arrows. See? The arrows of fire to the corners of the earth, many places to bring the awakening in this end time. Amen. Amen and God is busy ministering to me, is busy working in my heart. You know, sometimes when God is giving you certain things, you can understand yourself, but you, you are not able to share with other people. You, you feel like the Spirit is not giving you the, the proper way, the good way to share it. It's, too, it's becoming like too mysterious for you. This is the season where I am now. I'm receiving a lot of stuff, but I, I feel them very heavy, and I don't know how to share them. And I believe that by the grace of God, there will be time that God will give me the utterance. Amen. Amen. But this morning, I want to share one portion of one of the things that God is busy ministering in my heart in this season. The topic of this morning is the awakening of true witnesses. The awakening of true witnesses. Amen. We are going to read the book of Revelation, chapter 1, from verse 4 to verse 5. Revelation chapter 1, from verse 4 to verse 5. John to 7 churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. Verse 5, and from Jesus, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Amen. When you see verse 5, in verse 5, there is a word, names that they gave to Jesus there. Amen. And every each one of them can be a subject of your meditation. They said that to, from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. Amen. There are many, many names given to Jesus in the Bible, uh, but we are not used to this one. The faithful witness. When you go in the book of John, just in the book of John alone, you will find seven I ams of Jesus, seven declarations that you say I am in, the, in one book the book of John. You will find in chapter 6, verse 35, he said, I am the bread of life. In chapter 8, 12, he said, I am the light of the world. In chapter 10, verse 7, he said, I am the door of the sheep. And you go verse 35, 25, he said, I am the good shepherd. Amen. You go John 11, 25, Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and life. You go to John 15, you say Jesus saying that, I am the divine. Jesus himself saying all this stuff. John 16, he say, I am the way, the true, and life. You find seven I am's of Jesus in one book in the Bible. Amen. That you can study even for a week. Every each day you are meditating on one of the I am of Jesus. He say, I am. He's himself saying that, and you need to appropriate that and live with that revelation. But in this book of John, the Bible is saying that to Jesus, who is the faithful witness. They call him also the firstborn from the dead. They call him the ruler of over the king, or the king over the earth. But I'm touching only one, not the other two, one, faithful witness. Amen. Hallelujah. And you will see that Jesus himself, before his ascension, he said to his disciples in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8. Let's read that one. 1, Acts 1, verse 8. He said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit... Has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and, and to the end of the earth. Jesus now is telling his disciple, You will become witnesses. Himself was a witness. And he said, And ah, now you too, you will become witnesses to me. And when you read the Bible, you don't see many places, many, you don't see the same terminology used for Jesus and the believer. You don't see many words like that. The only thing that you can see that Jesus is the light of the world, and he said that you too, you are the light. Only two things that are found in my Bible, light and witness. Only those two terminology are used for Jesus and the believer in the same time. He said, I am the light, you too, you are the light. And he said, I am, is the faithful witness and they called us also to be witness. Then you must take it very serious. Amen? So now, who is a witness? Who is a witness? The dictionary defines a witness as one who has knowledge about a matter. One who saw an event happening. One who has the knowledge about a matter. One who saw an event happening, he saw it. They call it, they call him a witness. Amen. Another definition, a witness is a validator of a claim. Amen. Is a validator of a claim. Someone who validates a claim. There is a claim there and you see a contention. Between people, and is coming to validate that claim. They call him a witness. Amen. And as I was thinking about the witness, I tried to bring it in the court of law. Amen. Outside of the dictionary. When, we, when you go to the court of law, we have people are like judges here. Amen. I tried to bring it in that context. Then I I, I wrote my own definition. A witness is the one who provides testimonial evidence of what she or he claims to know. Amen. A witness is someone who provides testimonial evidences of what she claims or he claims to know. He has evidence. I know this. There is my evidence. Amen. So a witness is needed only if there is a contention over a claim. If there is no contention, we don't need a witness. We bring him up only if there is a contention. And Jesus knew that after I die, there will be many people, many sects, many religions scattered around the world who will try by many means to contradict my claims, to contradict all that I said. He knew that that there will be rising of movements, religion, sect that will try to contradict all his claims. For instance, Jesus claimed to be the Son of God. He claimed to be the way, the truth, and life. Jesus said that in my name, you will cast out demons. Everything, every statement he made. Even until today, we can see religion who are fighting that. You know, Jesus is not God. He's just a simple man like any other man. He's a prophet like any other prophet. They don't want to believe his statement that I am the son of God. I am God. Whoever who sees me, you see the father. They are religion. They cannot believe that. Hallelujah. So now a witness is someone who validates the claim that everything you claim, I have evidence and I have proof to prove that this is true. Hallelujah. And Jesus knew. That's why even even after his death, when he was buried, the high priest, the government of the time, they gave people money, a lot of money, to go even though know, you can go steal the body. Stand there because this man claimed that he will resurrect. They start fighting his claim from that time. Not just uh, simply, but with a lot of money. They put money in action that you need to convince people what he claimed about resurrection is fake. Amen. But me and you today, we are still there present to prove that Jesus is alive. Amen. He resurrected. He told his disciples, you will be my witnesses. Hallelujah. So, a witness is the responsibility to validate a claim. If you are to be a witness, then you need to validate all the claims that Jesus made. Hallelujah all the claims, if he said, I am the light of the world, you need to validate that. Through you, the light of Jesus must be revealed. If he said, I am the truth, you have to validate that. If Jesus said, I am loved, you get to validate that in your community. Showing love to people. Showing kindness to people. Showing the life of Jesus. You are a witness. Hallelujah. The average believer does not understand the responsibility of being part of the kingdom of God. This is what God is ministering to me all this time. And I believe that this is a message for the body of Christ to bring their awakening. Pay attention to what I'm saying. I'm repeating that. The average believer don't understand the responsibility of being part of the kingdom of God. Amen. The primary responsibility of any believer is to be a witness. You get to write this down, don't forget it. The primary responsibility of every believer is to be a witness. And the biggest problem in the body of Christ is that we confuse we confuse our assignment and the geography of our assignment. Amen. Hallelujah. Get what I'm, I'm saying very carefully. I said that the primary responsibility of all the believers is to be what? A witness. And the biggest problem in the body of Christ is that we confuse our assignment. And the geography of our assignment or the sphere of operation of our assignment. Mm-hmm. This is where the mindset must achieve. Amen. What we do is not really our assignment. Amen. It is the geography of your assignment or your sphere of operation or the sphere of influence. We need to shift our mind. The revival must begin there. Hallelujah. Remember I told you that the average believer don't understand the responsibility in the kingdom of God. The primary responsibility of all the believers is to be a witness. And our problem is we are confusing our assignment and the geography of our assignment. Amen. You may be a medical doctor. You may be a teacher, you may be a businessman, a politician, a football player, a lawyer, a judge. You you may be, I don't know, anything in life. That is not your assignment as a believer. Amen? It is the geography of your assignment. Amen? Amen? For many years we used to confuse this thing. My purpose in life, my assignment. The confusion is sitting there. It's where God is ministering to me. Amen. The shifting must have begin there. You are calling yourself, I am a medical doctor. You say this is my assignment. It's not your assignment in life. You call yourself, I'm a lawyer. You said this is my assignment. This is my calling. I am called to be a lawyer. You are a pastor. This is not your assignment. Amen. All the believers, we have only one assignment, witness. When you are a lawyer, you are a medical doctor, what you call your assignment is the geography of your assignment. It means that you are called to a witness to operate in the medical field. But your assignment is witness. It's not to be a medical doctor. A medical doctor is a geographical space given to you by God. Amen. So if we keep saying that, no, uh, me, this, these are the church staff. Me, I have my own life. Uh, you are a pastor. This is the problem. Revival will not break through until we shift our mind. All of us, we have one assignment. Amen. We have one assignment. Everywhere God places you is that through you the claims of Jesus be validated. God bless you where you are so that the, the light shines there, so that the kingdom of God find its expression there. That's why He placed you there. Amen. You are a witness, your assignment is not a businessman. You are a witness in the business field. Amen. Your assignment is not a soldier. It's not a policeman. You are a witness in the police department. Everywhere God places you, you know that my assignment is not what I'm I'm doing. It's not my job description. My assignment is a witness. Hallelujah. It's very important. Amen. Your life, Everything you do is intermoving in one thing called witness. Amen? You don't have two lives. It's another mistake. Another mistake that we have. We think that we have two lives. Church life and my normal life. Understand? I have my spiritual life and my normal life. You don't have two lives. In the eyes of God, there is no church life and normal life. Amen. The early church, they did not have two lives. Only one. Amen. Everything they were doing was centered in the kingdom of God. They got married for the kingdom purpose. They were doing business for the kingdom purpose. Everything they were doing is involved just in the kingdom. They did not have two lives. That's why they were at the church from Monday to Sunday. Because they they, they are witnesses. Amen. Hallelujah. So this way we need to correct our mindset. Our mistake. Amen. I'm not saying you, I say our. See, I'm putting myself. Because today I'm just revealing mistakes, mistakes, mistakes. I'm saying our mistake, not your mistake. Amen. Our mistake, another mistake that we have limited witnessing only in the level of soul winning. To be a witness does not mean you are a soul winner, it's more than a soul winner. Soul winning is part of witnessing, but it's not all about being a witness. It is one, just a portion. So now when people are, are hearing that verse, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will become my witness. The, the first thing that comes in mind, we will win souls. Winning soul is part of that. To be a witness is a lifestyle. Amen. It is your life. You validate all the scriptures. You become like a walking Bible. Everything Jesus said, they see it in your life. This is to be a witness. Amen. We see Jesus. You become a Jesus for your family. You become a Jesus for your community. You become a Jesus for your school. You become Jesus in your university. They see you, they see Jesus. You speak is like Jesus speaking. You walk is Jesus walking. Hallelujah. It's to be a witness. We reduce it only No, on no, witness means going out door to door. No. It's more than that. Amen. And the true revival will come when we identify ourselves like that. We are witnesses. And when I sleep on my bed, I still a witness. You are eating at the restaurant. You are a witness. In the morning, you wake up. You are running on the street. You are still witness whether you are wearing jeans or you are wearing a pyjama or you are wearing a suit you are still witness on monday you are witness on tuesday you are witness until sunday you still witness it's not like you are witness on sunday you are a witness every each day this is what jesus meant he said you shall receive power you will become my witness he said that you will validate my claims when i'm not around People will see what I said through you. They will believe that. Hallelujah. Jesus will not walk in the prison today to see the prison or to preach them. He will not go to the hospital to lay hand on people. He will not go to the shelter to bring soup there, to bring food. You will do that. You are validating that I am love. I am kind. I am the goodness of God. They see it through you. You are a witness. You understand what i'm saying god wants us to understand that amen so another mistake is that we believe that the only spiritual moment in our life is when we pray when we ever have our devotion in the morning or when or when we come to the church this is the, this, the only spiritual moment in my life when i wake up in the morning father that i try to become spiritual the moment to finish You say, no, let me go back to my normal life, (laughs) to my routine. You are spiritual 24 hours. Amen. 24 hours. When you read the life of the believer, in the early church, there was no such thing like men offers and God offers. It was all about the kingdom. Everything they did was for the advancement of the kingdom. The kingdom of God was the only pursuit. Amen. Only pursuit. Why are you doing what you are doing? Why are you studying? I am studying to contribute to the advancement of kingdom of God. Why are you getting married? You know, know, all my family, they're married. I was the last one remaining. I want to get married. No. You get married for kingdom purpose. You are raising your children with that mindset. I'm raising my children for the kingdom of God. I'm doing everything for the kingdom of God. I'm doing my business for the kingdom of God. Amen. So according to the scriptures, everything in the believer's life, every moment and every activity must synergize to one goal, being a witness of Jesus. The one who reveals Jesus and brings glory to his name. Your life will find such meaning and joy when everything about you is connected to being a witness. The revelation of Jesus and the advancement of his kingdom. Your life will have meaning and full much joy when everything you do is connected to that. Be a witness, revealing Jesus. And advancing his kingdom. Amen. As a witness, you get to be able to validate the claims. Prove that the, to, to, to the world that Jesus is not a liar. Jesus is a liar. Amen. Jesus came, as we read there, he came as a witness to his father. They call him a faithful witness. He came as a faithful witness to his father. He came to represent the Father here on the earth. Amen. He said that everything that I see is what I saw my father doing. It's not my word, the word of my father. I'm here to fulfill the will of my father. The will of his father became his food. It means that without the will of God, I cannot live. The reason I'm living is the will of my father. He was a faithful witness and he demonstrated the father here on the earth. So that if you see me, you see the father. He was not doing his own stuff. Amen. And when he came as witness, what made him a faithful witness was that he was backed up by heaven. Backed up by the power of God in everything that he was doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He was not alone. He had the support of heaven. His word, his action, his ministry was backed up with the power of God. And that made him a true witness. That's why he said to his disciple, I want also you to become my witnesses. But wait. Wait until you will receive power. Then you will become my witness. Hallelujah. Himself is an example. Hallelujah. For a witness to be useful, he needs to have evidence. Don't forget that. A witness without evidence is useless. No matter how good he would try to explain, He, he may even cry. They will not accept it. No, we cannot establish an accusation here based on what we are saying. We need evidence. We have judges here. Am I lying? If a witness comes, no, we have a witness. Okay. Uh, Do you have any evidence? Or no? Step up. We want evidence. What is evidence? Evidence is anything presented to defend or to support an affirmation. Anything you present to defend or to support an affirmation, they call it evidence. Evidence is also a means of establishing the validity of a fact. Establish the validity of a fact. What you are saying, to prove it valid, you bring an evidence. Without the evidence, the witness is not useful. And the stronger the evidence, the more effective the witness. Amen? The stronger the evidence, the more effective the witness. If you bring a strong evidence... You become an effective witness, useful. No one can doubt you. They believe you. Amen. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Let's see the life of Jesus. He came with evidence, signs. Acts 10, 38. Our God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. He was anointed with the power of God. He was not able to do any good to people without the power of God. Just because he carried the power, he was able to do good to people. He was able to heal people. He was able to deliver those who were oppressed. Without the power, he can't do that. And God gave him the power. God gave him the Holy Spirit. And with that, he was doing all this. Doing good to people. And the Bible says that for God was with him. He was carrying the presence of God. God was backing him up. He was not alone. A true witness. Faithful witness. With the support of heaven. In the book of John, chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, we see another example of Jesus. John, chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jew. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, look what he said. We know <laughs> that you are a teacher come from God. Himself, Nicodemus, was also a teacher. He was a rabbi. Hallelujah. But he said, no, I I follow your teaching. I see what you are doing. I said, I I conclude that you are coming from God. Which means that me, Nicodemus, I'm coming from nowhere. You are coming from God. Why? He, he, He said, for no one can do these signs that you do. Unless God is with him. So he he wants also to conclude that the fact that we Pharisees, we are not doing what you are doing. It is an indication that God is not with us. We are presenting claims that we cannot validate. There is no evidence. We are teaching, but there is no evidence. We are Pharisees. But you, your teaching is associated with evidence. You are coming from God because no one can do what you are doing unless God is with him. Faithful witness. Hallelujah. No one can do what you are doing. The presence of God with you will cause you to do what natural people cannot do for you to be a strong witness. Amen. Nicodemus said that. The Bible said that he was... A man of Pharisees' name, a ruler of he was a ruler. Can you imagine? Rulers without God, rulers without intimacy with God, rulers without communion, without power. He was a ruler. Hallelujah. The time has arrived for us to see the rising of true rulers, those who carry the presence of God in our community, in our society. Amen. So remember what I said before, that a witness is the one who provides testimonial evidences of what she or claims to know. Amen. Look, the life of the disciple, when Jesus called them, look what happened to them. Mark chapter 16, verse 19 to verse 20. 16, 19 to 20. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down in the right hand of God. And they went out, preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming, confirming the word through the accompanying signs. They went out to preach the word of God, but God gave them evidences. Amen. Evidences. That the word that they were preaching were accompanied with signs. The Lord was with them. You are called called to be a witness, but there need to be evidences of God's presence in our lives. We need to carry the wisdom of God to help those who are in darkness. We need to demonstrate the knowledge of God, the power of God, the life of God. It's our responsibility. But you cannot operate as a true witness if you don't have evidence. All the miracles that Moses performed in Egypt were evidences to prove that he met God. Only for one reason. Because he said he to God, so now you are sending me to these people. If they ask me, what is your name? He said, no, say that I am. My name is I am. And he said that if they doubt, he said, no, God put the supernatural in him. He said this, for you to prove them that you met with me is not speech. It's not good Hebrew or English or Greek or Spanish. Evidence. You will show them this miracle. He show you. Prove this. Then when they see they believe that you have an encounter with God, you can't have an encounter with God and walk without evidence. Something must follow you. All that Moses did was just to prove, I met with God. All that happened with Daniel and his friend in Babylon were evidences to prove that these people are witness. That God is the true God. They put them in fire. The fire could not consume them. Because themselves they were carrying inside of them the God that the Bible called the consuming fire. Fire cannot consume fire. Hallelujah. They were carrying the consuming fire within them. And this, this consuming fire is the creator. The fire made by man is a creation. The creation cannot kill the creator. They were in the fire. The fire could not consume them. And you know what the king said after? Don't speak about any other God. I believe not. The God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is the true God. People need to believe that Jesus is the true God. But something must happen. We get to bring evidence, something. We need also to believe that God wants you to have that hunger of the gift of the spirit. The hunger of his presence. To prove in your society. Amen. They put men in the the, the, the lion den. The lion could not eat him. Because himself was already carrying the lion of the tribe of Judah. The creator. When the lion creation saw the creator, he bowed down. He saw another lion in the den. did not see Daniel. He saw a lion. A lion cannot eat a lion evidence, and the king changed his mind. It's God. It's the true God. Can you see that? So there are things that we want to work with. Amen. You may be already a witness as you are sitting there. But the problem may be that the level of your evidence is too small for the size of your assignment. Amen. You may be a witness as you are sitting there. but Maybe your problem is that the level of your evidence is too small comparing to the size of your assignment. And sometimes we feel frustrated in our heart. We feel like, no, no, I don't know what I can do now. I'm so confused. I'm out of mind. I'm out of idea. The problem is not something that I'm not called. You are called. <laughs> but the problem is that the level of your evidence the level of the praises that you carry, the anointing, the knowledge that you carry is too small comparing to the size of your assignment. And God wants you to grow a little bit. To move to, to hunger for more. God I want more. Your assignment is too big. There's things that God has prepared for you to do, but you you don't want to remain where you are. You need to shift. You understand? Yeah. You need to grow is the answer that I'm giving to someone. I feel it in my spirit. It's a prophecy. Amen? You are already a witness. But the challenge that you are facing is the indication that the level of the evidence you carry is small comparing to the size of your assignment. Amen. Amen. Look the King David in the book of 2 Samuel I think it's chapter 3, verse 39. Let's see if I'm correct. Second Samuel, chapter 3, verse 39. Good. He said, And I'm weak today, though anointed king. And these men, the sons of Zeruiah, are too harsh for me. The Lord shall repay the evildoer according to his weaknesses. I want to see the first part. He said... I am weak today, though I am anointed king. In other versions, they say, though I carry the kingly anointing, though I have received the royal anointing, I still feel like I'm still weak. Amen. He received all the levels of anointing. It was anointed three times. The royal anointing is the last anointing. But despite of this anointing, said that the sons of Zeruiah, they feel there seems to be stronger than me. This is what sometimes we feel in our life. Though I've received this anointing, though I've received this ordination, though I have received this impartation, I still feel that certain stuff are too big than me. And God wants you to say, cry for more. Don't run away from your assignment. Don't drop your calling. Don't give up. Don't resign. Don't, don't, don't say, no, I will not do it again. He's telling you, your assignment is bigger. Your future is bigger. What is waiting for you is bigger. Grow the level of your evidence. Hallelujah. Because what is front of you is bigger than what you have now. God wants you to shift to go a little bit. Don't cry like David, I'm I'm a king already. But the sons of Zeruiah, they are too strong than me. Hallelujah. Your feet are too bright. So what I'm I'm doing this morning, I'm trying to put fire in your heart that uh, when you leave this place, you go straight to your, your closet. Father, I need more of you. This is what I'm preparing you for that. That you are, you got fire in your spirit and you live here. No, 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 no. I am a witness. Where, where I operate, Jesus needs to be demonstrated. Amen. They are too stronger than me. I need to increase. Amen. The level of that presence. Even those who don't believe that Jesus is God, they can believe. I remember The beginning of our ministry in 2007, we met a lady from Zimbabwe. We invite her. We are just having Bible study to our home and praying there. And Sunday, we go to the hall. Just a few people. And now that lady, a mother came here from Zimbabwe. She she was coming every year. She has an appointment at Grotesque Hospital. Because for eight years, she lost the senses on the skin. Anything she touched, she does not feel. Anything. Even if it's hot, she does not feel. And they try to do many things. They tried. She was coming every time, every time. And that, she, was a, she was coming from traditional churches. She was calling other churches the, the church those that speak in tongues. Those churches are not good churches. So she was against that. And, and her daughter told her, uh, I've got a new pastor. Because the daughter came to study at UCT, she was working and studying at UCT. And the brother was studying at Dumbling College. So they were living in our streets. And then she said, I met a pastor. We are praying with him. Can we go? She, she asked her daughter, did those pastors of, of speaking tongues churches? or... <laughs> But I said, Mom, let's just go, we have a Bible study. Today there's no prayer, just a Bible study. And then that day I was preparing at home, just at home praying all day for the Bible study in the evening. So when they came to our place, just the ring of the bell, my wife went to open the door. They came inside. They told me, ah, oh, my mom came from Zimbabwe. Oh, Mom, nice to see you. And then I greeted her mother. When I shook my hand to her, with her, she felt like fire coming in in her, and she was she felt like prinkling all over her body like electricity. She did not say anything. Then she went closer. She told her, her daughter. She she tried to touch her daughter. She said that she's feeling now. She told her in Zimbabwean language, "I can feel." She said, mm, you can feel. Say yeah, I can feel. Touch again. I'm feeling. And then the daughter screamed. Oh, pastor, you know what happened? I said, no, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) My mom for eight years, we lost a lot of money. She she lost the sense she can't feel. But when she greets you, she felt something. I said, oh, you can feel Yes, I can feel. And then we begin to worship God. We we begin to pray. In the moment we were worshiping, she spoke in tongues. And then she believed what I was attacking all my life. is true. So, I mean, you know, Pastor, I never believed those church speaking tongues. But myself, I don't know what has happened to me. I'm speaking. God, prove you. He's a true God. And for three years, the, the, that family became part of our church at the beginning. And they were good people, useful people helping the church also. But evidence brought that woman to the house of God. Amen. What the daughter could not do for her, God did it. To prove her that the power of God can do anything. Amen? So, this is what God wants us, all of us, to dream. To, to, to say that, God, we are witnesses. We want to go out there. In our houses, where we are working, we need to express the kingdom of God. But we are too weak. The assignment. It's too big. But the level of evidence is small. Help me. Take me in another level. I will stop here because of time. I will not give you a certain point how to attract the power of God. But I want to stop here. But I want us to move in worship. Amen. We will sing a song with the worship team. I would like that song to minister to you. You know there is a song that... When I pray in the morning, I like that song, Lord, I look to you. You are where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what I can do. Hallelujah, our God reigns. We want to lift our eyes and look to the Lord. Father, I don't want to leave this place today the same way I came here. In his presence there is power. Amen. Amen. You will pray yourself where you are. You will worship with us. I will not come to pray for you. I will not come to try. I will just stand the air. But the power of God is so strong, you will feel it where you are. You don't need someone to come close to you. Where you are, the wind of the Spirit will come there. But you need just to be conscient in the presence of God. Remember in the book of Genesis 28, one day Jacob went to a place called Bethel. He slept all night there. He saw the vision of angels going up and going down. And God spoke to him that place. When he woke up in the morning, he said, This place is the house of God. The Lord is here, but I did not know. Amen. He said, The Lord is here, but I didn't know. This is what happened to many people. You are in God's presence, but you don't realize that I'm in his presence. You are not conscious of that presence. The Lord is here, but I didn't know. And you can miss the momentum. You can miss your visitation. You need to be present in God's presence in order to receive His presence and carry it. Be present in His presence. That's why the second time that God gave Jacob another chance in Genesis 32. He received the second chance. He did not miss it. That time, the Bible said that Jacob left alone. And he saw a man coming to him. Jesus came to him. You know what he did? He fought with him all night. He said, I will not let you go until you bless me. That time he said, I miss you in Bethel. I was not conscious. But now, I show you. I am very present in your presence so that your presence will impact my life. Hallelujah. And all we need is God. Look on God and let Him fill you. Let Him bless you. Let Him empower you. Let Him set you on fire. As we sing this song, something will shift here right now. In the name of Jesus. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, Come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.